Mayfield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. John Von Tobel is here at Steve Cofield. John is very fired up, very fired up for Thursday Night Football. Baseball has gotten out of the way. I'm sure uh, TNF was kind of worried about ratings there. <laughs> uh, Astros went 4-2, so they now take a 2-0 lead in the series against the Mariners. What are you looking for in Thursday Night Football that has you fired up with the Commanders and the Bears? Well, I bet the Commanders, first off. That's uh, a good start. Yeah, so there's that. Um, no, I, I do think that there is something to be said of two teams that rank yeah, like middle of the pack to uh, very well into the 20s in defense and many metrics. Um, that this actually could be one of those like like bad but good games and that you're going to get a lot of scoring and big plays, right, and dumb football. Like, there might be some entertainment value in watching this game tonight. And I think one of the more intriguing things is Carson Wentz has some really bad moments. He does. Carson Wentz also has some really good moments as a quarterback. I think that's why he's so infuriating as a quarterback. If you look at some of the PFF numbers, he is the fifth best passer in the National Football League on throws 20 or more yards downfield. He's been incredible. Like, those little things make him a very volatile quarterback, which could lead to some very entertaining moments in this game. But I also think that the commanders are a little undervalued, so I bet them. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Oh, boy, I had to bring in John Von Tobel on this one. Tweet the other day, uh, at MLB, at Reds, how can the league continue to justify Pete Rose's lifetime ban? What a joke, because the Reds partnered with BetMGM. This is something I have been talking about since the mid-90s. I've run this by you before, the Pete Rose ban, and generally your response is, who, what? There is a, a large segment of the Sports Talk audience that does not care. It is so long ago. It is such a hackneyed old topic. And this take that the Reds have gotten into bed with legal gambling entities and Pete Rose, th- this is about as dumb as it gets. So, uh, and I don't mean doing the, the partnership is dumb. Calling for Pete Rose to be reinstated because of this partnership is stupid. Uh, I guess I'll call my buddy. I think he's my friend. Uh, one of my colleagues over at Vison, Ben Wilson, is um, the co-host on Pete Rose's podcast. And I made the joke to him the other day when I saw him recording it. After he was done, I go, because it was the day the news came out of Ben Jim, and actually they didn't bring it up on that episode, so I'll have to see if he did it on the next. But I said, hey, Ben, did you bring it up to Pete? How do you feel about BetMGM and this partnership, are you angry even though you bet on games that you were involved in and you're going to bring this up again? Like, of course. I'm with you 100%. The reason why I think it's tired is I think we understand the difference here, this topic included. Pete. We do. Pete bet on the games that he was involved in. Illegally. Right. And if you want to say, he bet on his team, it doesn't matter. You can't do that. And we've seen with Calvin Ridley, doing it legally is also wrong. Right, but also don't invoke Calvin Ridley because he was away from the team putting in parlays as opposed to betting on games he was on the field for. There's a massive difference. I'm not doing this. Number three. Number three. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. Do you think he's the hit king, though? (laughs) Uh, Big Saturday in college football. He's also kind of a creep. Again, I'm not doing it. I've done it for 30 years. Number three. I've, I've stayed in my case. Uh, I have your, your, your favorite game. I know that's kind of why I mentioned it, and then I shut you down, right? <laughs> uh, Penn State, Michigan, Bama, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, TCU, uh, USC, uh, a lot of top 25 matchups. Yeah, what do you Saturday, like best? This Saturday is going to be awesome. Um, 
I've been, been waiting for USC to finally take the tumble. I have, but I'm not. I don't want to pick that game. I am. I am fascinated. I know this is. This, the conference is annoying. I'm fascinated by Tennessee so and Alabama. I. So am I. I, I want to see if Hendon Hooker and the Volunteers are real, legitimately good on offense. And what if Bryce Young can't play? Right, because Jalen Monroe, who looks like oh I, I've been God. using, I've been using the word raw because like he looks incredible at times. What does he look like running? I was trying to come up with a comparison. He looks like he's running through quicksand, but like he's outpacing everybody around him. It's insane. But I, that game is like it just. There's so much to that game because what if t- if Tennessee wins that game? I mean, that's a playoff, college football playoff contender. That is a Heisman contender in Hendon Hooker. Like, that's a program, by the way, that after, like, Lane Kiffin and everything that happened there was on the dumps and now all of a sudden has made its way back up into national recognition. Uh, there's a ton there in that Alabama Tennessee. should also game. remind a lot of people how many folks were underwhelmed by the hire of Josh Heupel. Yep. It's turned out okay. Yeah, absolutely. He's a pretty good uh, offensive innovator. Yep. And that's why I can't wait to see it. And, and Alabama, too. Look, at the end of the day, Alabama, remember – that, thing, that game against Texas, I will say it, they're losing that if Quinn Ewers plays the entire game. Quinn Ewers looked great in that game. He was dicing up that secondary, and now you get the best quarterback you've played since Quinn Ewers to face them on the road this week. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Big spreads in all the Mountain West games. Uh, Air Force, UNLV 10, Utah State, Colorado State. That is amazing. 11 on the road. Um, Nevada, Hawaii, 6.5. San Jose State, 8.5 against Fresno. Even without Hainer, Fresno can't hang within eight and a half. Like this, this, this won't be a letdown spot for San Jose State. Why would it be a letdown? Who'd they beat? I just mean the high of just destroying UNLV, like just coming out every week and and just burying people. Yeah, okay. And then that sounded harsh, but I just meant like usually letdowns come off of. No, like, I just I meant yeah, I meant week to week. You know, playing at a, a level like is San Jose State truly a team that can be? A six or seven win team in the conference. I think they can potentially be. I mean, look, Shaven Cordero. Watching that with my eyes in person, it was awesome. That he he looked incredible, and the 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 difference in what I watched on TV against Portland State to open the season and what I watched on Friday night out in San Jose was a team that looked like it's just gotten it now, right? That kind of understands its personnel that isn't breaking in guys anymore, but is now building on what they have. And yes, they're a little beat up. Uh, they're you know their defensive end, what Kate Hall, I believe, what, you know came out of that game for a little bit, came back in, yep. is a little dinged up. But I think at the end of the day, this team has gotten better as the, se- the years has gone along. The metrics point to a team that is the best in the Mountain West at this point by a mile. When you look at offensive and defensive numbers, I, I can totally understand it. I think this number, at least, I don't know situationally if it's a letdown because you know kind of standalone game at night on a Friday beating a an opponent like UNLV that was on the high and now getting to take on Fresno State, but I get it, man. They look really good. Nevada has to take care of business in this game at is, Hawaii. Is Jay Norvell going to start to fight Timmy Chang in the middle of the field before right. the game How crazy starts? was that with Colorado State and, and uh, Norvell and, and Wilson? Um, Hawaii was plucky. Oh, yeah, Wilson. Yeah, me. yeah. Hawaii was plucky against San Diego State, but eventually lost. Yeah. The Pack have to win this game because – Listen to what Nevada plays coming up after that. San Diego State may have found their quarterback with his maiden kid. At uh, at San Jose State, home Boise, home Fresno, and then the battle for the cannon. And you would think, unless there's another injury, that Hayner will be back for the Fresno game. That is a tough run. Because Boise looks really good, too, with their new quarterback and new OC. To give Nevada some credit, too, they are a lot better defensively than I thought they were going to be. 
Like their their numbers actually looked really solid. If you like EPA numbers against the pass, in uh, these fluctuate on a week to week basis, and it's only against FBS opponents. But still, we're talking about a team that's forty fourth in the country overall. Like that's solid yeah. metrically for that team. And we saw it against Colorado State. I mean, that was an ugly game, made ugly by the fact that Nevada's defense was really sound. So. I, I would agree with you. That schedule gets pretty tough, but they, plucky's a really good word for them because they've been a lot better on defense than I thought they were going to be. Number two. Cowboys-Eagles. I knew this would happen if Cooper Rush was a winning quarterback. The case being made that Dak isn't that good, was never that good, and the gap between Dak and Cooper Rush isn't that big. Here's Colin Cowherd. Hammer the Rams been a successful run with backup Cooper Rush as their starting quarterback. The biggest difference between Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott, Dak's more athletic and has a much bigger bank account. But there's not a wide difference, I don't believe, in talent. There's not a wide difference in talent between Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Keep going as he builds the case. But there's not a wide difference, I don't believe, in talent. Dak's better. And again, I think he's a little thicker, he's a little more athletic, but something happened. Dak started becoming, you know, instead of uh, Dak Prescott, it was just Dak. He got a nickname, he became iconic. And there was this sense that Dak's a superstar, shows like this argue, he's unbelievable. Nope, he's very believable. I, I love Colin, he says he's very believable. He got a nickname from Dak Prescott, he got the nickname Dak, it's his first name. <laughs> He's not being called Dakota anymore. Like, okay. Has Dak been overrated, overhyped this whole time? Uh, no. Dak has been Dak. Okay, and he's also dealt with. Think about what he had to deal with at the beginning of the year. His wide receiver core was shredded in the off season. His offensive line beat up by injury. Huh. And can, this is the thing that irritates me. I'm going to say this for everybody listening: win loss record is not a quarterback stat. And if you look at the actual numbers behind this offense with Cooper Rush and I removed everything else, you would say that offense sucks and where in the world can you get a better quarterback? Second worst team at reaching the red zone in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. Fourth worst on third downs, the Dallas Cowboys. You want to talk about over the last four weeks, three and out percentage for the last four games. 10% 10% in the first game with Cooper Rush. Then it went 27%, 46%, 60%. Three and outs. 60% of your drives against the Rams ended at three and outs. You're going to tell me that this guy's better than Dak Prescott because we call him by his first name now? It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Number one. Or maybe the Pete Rose. Big story today by ESPN.com about Dan Snyder and how he's got the goods on lots of owners around football. He's going to fight to the death. He's going to expose all the problems with all the other owners. He's hired private investigators to follow. Sounds like six different owners to develop a file on them. You come after me, I'm taking down the whole friggin' league. Stephen A. talked about this this morning, the story coming out, and he was so melancholy and serious. If you do nothing, then what you got to hide? Now, because it's hidden, we may never know. But it does raise that eyebrow, and it does force you to think about something more than just Daniel Snyder. If you're billionaires, chances are there's a lot of stuff that you can hide. A lot of stuff you can hide. And his point was, if you do nothing, now that the story is out and you, and you still do nothing about Dan Snyder, boy, that says an awful lot. Uh, here's Molly coming in with uh, actually a good point 
uh, mentioning what athletes have to go through in the league. Like they have to follow one set of rules and the owners can just do anything they want. But that has to be hard for players to stomach because they have to follow a certain code of conduct, right? And that's all always made public. And then if the owners are to get away with things, I mean, at some point, I'm sure they're going to want to step in. Well, that's true. You're right, Molly. But the bottom line is <sighs> the golden rule apply. Those who have the gold, unfortunately, make most of the rules. Not ever got really sad at the end. It's also not it's the like, golden rule. <laughs> the golden rules was treat others how you wanted to be treated. Stephen A's got a different golden rule. If you have money, you have the gold, and you get to do whatever you want, and you don't face repercussions. Here's Seth Wickersham from ESPN talking about uh, what the plan could be to try to oust Snyder but not really oust him. Well, there's league meetings in New York and downtown New York next Tuesday. And we'll see. One of the most interesting things is that it, it takes three-quarters of owners to vote out an owner. The owners don't think that, the, the, especially the owners who are mad at, at Dan, even over this, I don't know if they think they can get to 24. But they've considered creative ways, maybe, of trying to force the team into the hands permanently of his wife, Tanya. They would jam him on a debt limit waiver. When owners build stadiums, they typically take out a lot of debt. The league has strict rules over how much debt they can carry. Now, most people think that Dan Snyder cannot write a check for a new stadium in the D.C. area and would need those debt limit waivers, including the loans that the league often offers. And owners have talked about not permitting him those waivers as a way, as a backdoor way to try to transfer permanent ownership to Tanya. Wow. So the way to get Dan Snyder out of the league is to give his wife the team. Wait a second. That seems weird. Big Four at Four is presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in Reno and Las Vegas. 766-1400 is a number. We figured that if we gave ourselves enough chances to run it against them, that we might have some success. They're a team that has gotten out in front of some teams, and, you know, you don't really get to run it that much. So I thought being able to keep giving it to them was important, and Josh is the kind of back that just gets better as the game goes on. So really, I'm proud of his effort, and we got to start turning some of his performances into Ws. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield & Company. Josh McDaniels is right. They do have to start turning some of these games. I mean, this is like record-setting stuff for Josh Jacobs to go 140-plus in back-to-back games. That's in the history of the Raiders. I think two guys have done that before. Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson. And they're not winning these games. So they're 1-4 and four out of the gates. So let's talk some football. Let's talk some NFL. Rashad Jennings was uh, on the Raiders, also well-known member of the Giants. He joins Cofield and company here in Vegas to uh, give us a little breakdown of the National Football League, and he does his podcast, The Bag, from uh, How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate y'all having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. Let's talk a little uh, you know, start to the season here in the National Football League. I'm sure you're keeping an eye on both uh, your Giants and the, you played for the Raiders for a year. What do you make of the Raiders, who seem to be a pretty solid team, but amazingly are just one and four? You know, I, I'm I'm shocked on the start. I'm shocked on the start. I saw the roster. I got a chance to see them uh, in action on the preseason game uh, versus the Patriots. Thought they looked well. They got a good coaching staff. Um, I just would say it's slow start. <laughs> It's a long season, 17 games. Uh, they still are doing all right in the division. So, you know, that's all it is, man, is getting in control in the division. But little little things. It's always yeah. the little things that holds, that holds the teams back, and that's what's been holding the Raiders back. 
What are you more surprised by, the Raiders' slow start or how meek the Broncos and Russell Wilson and this new coach have looked? Uh, I'm, su- I'm more surprised with the Raiders uh, on the slow start because, they, you yeah. know, they, they're, they're in sync with the same exact team pretty much and adding an addition um, like Devontae Adams, you think it's just going to escalate. Whereas Denver, the Denver Broncos, obviously we know how it is coming into a brand new system as a as a quarterback, and I don't care how good you are, it takes a little bit to get in sync with your team and and your receivers uh, from practice to actual gameplay. So I'm not surprised there. With a guy like uh, the Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett, how hard a job is it when it, you know it's your first coaching gig to kind of hold the team together when? confidence may be frank because i mean you were in situations where hey the the season turn didn't turn out the way you guys thought on some of the teams you were on so how tough is it through you know five games looking at the coach and, and some of the players like does this guy have it well the co- the players are going to question the coach anyway i mean all even great even great coaches get questioned even they could be great forever then the question is are they on the way out you know was last year their best coaching year um are they deteriorating so it's yeah, and, and coaches always question the players. I think that's just a part of playing in the National Football League. You're always going to get questions when you're losing. Uh, wins cover sins in this game. But I think as a newer coach, is a, um, it's hard to win over uh, a locker room full of grown men that go home to family. Not a, not a, not an easy task. So um, if you don't win, you're going to get questioned. <laughs> Rashad Jennings is with us. Yeah, I mean, the other fascinating thing is you just mentioned it. It's hard to win over a room full of grown men. How tough is it for college coaches? Because Matt Rule is yet another college coach who came in and didn't last very long. He walks away with a lot of money, but the Panthers bailed on him. What is that situation like when, when you've talked to people about a college coach coming in trying to command some respect? It happens. Uh, I think it, it, can, it can play off very well. Playing in the collegiate level and obviously playing in the NFL, uh, you recognize the differences between playing at college level and playing at the pros. Um, you know, I, 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 it's 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 where in the NFL you're dealing with again grown men that that are on the same level playing field as you. Where at the collegiate level, uh, quite frankly, is only a selected handful of guys that are on the same playing level even have an opportunity to go to the next level. Um, so it demand you you receive more respect up front on the collegiate level as a coach than you do in the NFL. And if you don't have a personality, if you if you're not a coach's coach, a uh, player's coach, it's going it's hard to come in um, like McVay did. He he did it because he's a player's coach. Um, players respect established coaches, um, whereas if you're new, we're on the same playing field. There is no hierarchy with a coach, especially if you're young. That's the voice of former Giants and Raiders running back Rashad Jennings with us here on Cofield and Company. So, Rashad, you know, when I talk to guys like you got to play in the league, I always like to pick their brains on what they've been doing afterwards. And going through some of your stuff, man, uh, you've kind of been getting it in. You're all over the place. Uh, you're an author. You've also been streaming a lot. Can you talk a little bit about your books? Specifically, uh, you've written some teenage, like, genre-type books, right? Yeah, my first book I wrote was The If and Life. It became a New York Times bestseller, and that opened up the door to continue to work with publishing companies. I wrote a kid series for Arcade and the Triple T Token. I think it's important um, for kids to learn how to read at a young age, uh, especially when you look at the incarceration rate, 85% 
of men that are incarcerated have a reading level of third grade or below. So it's significant in order to start learning at an early age. So I wrote books uh, that, are, that will inspire and addict kids to reading. The potato chip industry did a great job on making potato chips uh, addictive. It's the amount of carbohydrates, fat, and sodium that actually makes it, that releases neurons telling you that you need more. <laughs> and so I did of as an author trying to write in which the uh, reader would say, I have to know what happens next. And I, I, I honestly, I had to pat myself on the back for this one because of the amount of emails and texts that I get from kids, parents, and even students themselves uh, about how much they've been reading is very rewarding. And then, you know, I moved to L.A. to get into TV actor, hosting, commentating, after dancing with the stars and finding my space in entertainment, uh, in the entertainment world. And um, I'm excited that, um, you know, I wish I, wish I would have stuck with my major in philosophy. Um, I did double major in psychology and sociology because I want to be a marriage counselor in my latter years. But the way the world's moving now, people actually are intrigued with conversation. Wow. I've never, I, I, if you would have told me 10 years ago that people would love to just listen to people talk and have a conversation, I would have said no way. So um, that's why I was excited to start a podcast. All right. So how many people know that? Marriage counselor would be one of your dreams, and then followed it up with uh, some advice or a take on Giselle and Tom Brady. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't uh, know that my desire, um, you know, going to school for that, unless you've been around me. Um, it's funny, you know, when I was asked Tom Brady, as Tom Brady came out of retirement back into the NFL over the summer, and uh, I was asked, on a couple of different shows. Hey, Rashad, what did you say? You know, the GOAT's coming back. You know, why do you think he's coming back? And I said, I mean, to be honest, my personal opinion, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always reluctant to, to give an opinion like this um, very abruptly because I don't want to be taken out of context or the wrong way. But I said, you know what? I feel like something going on at home unusual. Um, because to me personally, somebody... And, and who, who am I, right? But the, I, I'm being asked a question. Somebody at that age, an individual at, at that age that has achieved as much as he's achieved to retire, go home for a little bit, then decide, you know what, now nah, I'm going back. There's a reason. Um, and to each is all, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not part of that marriage. I'm not in that house. But, you know, we're, we're talking, to, <laughs> talking to my uncles and stuff. We laugh. Yeah, he, he, you go home and you hear the conversation <laughs> that that's talked about at the house versus what's talked about in the locker room. You're like, you know what? I'm going back to work. I got one more in me, baby. <laughs> yeah. But now in all seriousness, you know, I don't know their relationship. I've been both successful. They're yeah. um, well-respected in the public. So I, the only advice I would have is, is, is to be the, the amount, the same amount of energy that it takes to be successful as a national league uh national football league quarterback and be a hall of famer um in the making and break every single record it takes just as much energy time and focus to make a successful relationship rashad jennings the former nfl player is with us on a myriad of topics he does the podcast the bag with uh, Lindsay mccormick that's uh, from si a recent edition 
They talked to uh, Raiders legend Tim Brown. Keep going, John. Well, no, I just this got super happy because I was just going to lead into what was it like to be on the Rachel Ray show? Because your sliders looked incredible. What? Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Cooking. You know what? Those were amazing. Um, I actually, you know, it was one of my favorite sliders I've ever had. So you know what? Every time I've ever been on the Rachel Ray show, I win the cooking show. I don't know what it is, and I don't even I I do not consider myself a cooker. I, I consider myself a eater. I'm very far from a chef at all. But uh, Rachel Ray's awesome and what they do, and I'm glad they always bring me back on, man. Hey, do you cook? Either one of y'all cook? I enjoy. I don't know if I'm good at it, but I like to. John, he's lying. He's good at it. John's pretty good at it. Uh, he's humble. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Rashad, we appreciate a couple minutes. Thank you so much, and we'll make sure to uh, listen to the discussion with Tim Brown, and we'll check out the bag soon. And uh, glad to hear post-career you're a renaissance man. It sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Hey, I appreciate it. You're going to enjoy Tim Brown. Just keep in mind he's an anomaly. He won he won the Heisman Trophy, the best at the collegiate level, and he's a Hall of Famer, the best in the National Football League. You'll be surprised on how he sees life. We'll check it out for sure. Thank you, Rashad. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, we uh, we've talked to Tim Brown a bunch of times, and he is incredibly humble for the you know the sort of level athlete he was. He is um, so that podcast should be freaking awesome. The bag with Rashad Jennings and Lindsey McCormick as we uh, roll on. We'll uh, build on that slider conversation. You, you pulled that one out of nowhere. It's Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's all personal. You know, everyone's got different situations they're dealing with, so we all have really unique challenges to our life, and I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on, so... He had a chance to be a role model to families and to men about when it's time to step back and take over and, and be there for your wife and be there for your kids. And he chose a ball, a football like a teenager. That's the point. You know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. Poor Tom Brady, just so depressed from August. We found out what it was. He was on the outs with Giselle. That was not Giselle. That was just random TikTok lady who uh, Tom Brady could have led all of us in the right direction as a role model. He failed all of us, John, over a ball. How, why is it the, the second I heard that lady talk, I have no idea who she is, where it came <laughs> from. I was like, this got to be TikTok. TikTok's the only platform where you get somebody who thinks that they are really smart and will just speak at you. And they'll still get like 20,000 likes. Yes. It's incredible. <laughs> I have seen some of the dumbest stuff that is like portrayed as information or like yep. deep thinking, yep. and it gets like 25,000, 35,000 likes like – Okay. Uh, are they going their separate ways nicely, Giselle and Tom? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Hey, what's the deal? We, we're, now we're doing social media? Well, so uh, Giselle was, I, I guess caught is not the right term, uh, but there was an Instagram post that was put up on a popular Instagram site. Uh, and essentially, it's, you know, like some of those like memes or whatever. It's like motivational speak and garbage and whatnot. Uh, so there was one of those, okay? And it had a quote on it. And the quote on the Instagram post, Steve, was, it's loading for me. I'm going to get it for you in a second because my computer is very, very slow. Love is a daily effort. Some days it may come easier than others, and that's okay. But what should always stay consistent is the respect and admiration you have for your partner's values and goals. Giselle liked it and put the prayer hands emoji prayer on hand. it. Yeah. 
which some people don't understand. The prayer hands emoji is actually two people high-fiving. So I do think that maybe she was going, you go, girl. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. It was also a picture. So that was the comment. Uh, like That was the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the header or whatever of the post. The picture itself, Steve, you can't be in a committed relationship with someone who is inconsistent with you. Read that again. Jay Shetty. We read that yesterday, and I had to think about it. Yeah. Who's, whoever Jay Shetty is, yeah. some good words, man. Read it one more time about the inconsistent what? what? You can't be in a committed relationship with someone who is inconsistent with you. There you go. Read that again. Albert Einstein. Uh, Giselle got emotional or Giselle strategically liked it? Um, okay. When you're somebody who has that platform, yep. who is viewed and, and everything you do, you know Sorry, is viewed cynical, through a microscope. Folks. Sorry, we're cynical. There is no chance in hell... She did that without knowing exactly how that was going to get read into. Yep. And it's, by the way, it's not like, a, oh, this woman wants to take. No, like it's all celebrities. All yeah. celebrities, when they do these sort of things, uh-huh. know, know exactly what's going on. We talked about this with Lamar Jackson when he liked the picture of himself in a terribly photoshopped Miami Dolphins uniform over the summer. Yeah. They know what they're doing. This is mostly going to be a thing that split down male and female lines, I think, with Brady and Giselle, I don't think stuff like that falls in the favor of Giselle because Brady's never going to talk about it. In fact, he's actually very good at if he does talk about it, he's going to be very mopey like he was in August. He's like 45 years old, man. Got a lot of ass to deal with. Do you think uh, what's, the, what's the movie with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson that everybody loved like last year where they, it was just all about them getting a divorce? Oh, he's like, I hope you die. Do you think like Tom Brady's like that? <laughs> he might be behind the scenes, but, yeah. but he knows what he's doing in front of the camera. Oh, of course. And if I remember in this show, I brought up that press conference multiple times to everyone on the show, and every day I was like, I feel bad for Tom Brady. And I think everyone was against me. Yeah, I still don't feel bad for Tom Brady. Heartless. Oh, Just because you're in a good marriage doesn't mean everyone else is. It's not about the marriage. He's a millionaire. Who cares? I feel bad yeah, for still, him. Being he's being still, rich doesn't doesn't still, mean that heart you you know heartbreak doesn't suck. He still gets to go home, count his money, kiss his son on the lips. He's fine. All right, see now you're just, you, you know <laughs> you try to say something nice, turn it around. You just don't do it. Brad Powers has college football leans and likes coming up in a couple of minutes. It's Cofield and Company with the Battleborn Sports Hour presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call anywhere in Nevada 766-1400. Company's eye on sports betting with Brad Powers. Brad Powers is up. Brad, do you like Halloween? I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Do you? Absolutely, I do. Oh, I expected a no. I don't like Halloween. Do it's you, college, college football season. Do you hand out candy? Are you a handy candy? No, I, I no, I do not like that. But I <laughs> I do like dressing up uh, and going out. Uh, but obviously, that's taking a backseat the last. Oh wow! To, uh, to the career, uh, my career choice. Yes, but, uh, yes. I do. When yes. I retire, I will fully uh, take part in Halloween. Awesome. On, on your land, on his on his <laughs> land, yeah. Well, he'll have a lot of hay out there. You can you can do a lot of uh, traditional October stuff. Um, the video you sent out today, and I know you didn't do the video, but just kind of mocking on LSU and Florida uh, is one of the funniest things. I, I I actually 
shocker, I was not in a good mood when I was driving up to the show, and I, I saw it. I parked. I just started laughing in the car, and uh, we just go to Twitter. We don't have to explain it. It's it's a it's a weird video that everyone kind of remakes, but it was hilarious. All right, let's get into some college football. We got a bunch of games to break down. Well, the, you know, in that video you were talking about, or the the video was talking about LSU and Florida. This is a really interesting spot, especially with the way the season has gone for LSU. It is. Uh, first off, the video, the first time I watched it two years ago, I laughed so hard I cried. That doesn't happen too too much with me. But uh, So check that out. Uh, as far as, you're right, I, this matchup, look, I know there's six ranked-on-ranked matchups this weekend, but I, I think this one's still one of the most interesting games. And specifically, I think the loser is in trouble with their own fan base. I know it's year one, but I think the loser's heading towards a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five type of season. LSU has major concerns as far as their health on the offensive line, but I'm not buying Florida necessarily in the pass game uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They only had 65 yards passing last week. So I did bet LSU plus three. I lean LSU at the current number. All right, well, let's start with one of those ranked on and ranked matchups, uh, Penn State and Michigan. Uh, what do you see here? It's a big test for both teams, but uh, I would argue Michigan's schedule has been a, a little bit softer than Penn State's. So this has been just sitting at seven, total of 50 and a half since it opened on Sunday. We saw some early money on Michigan. I think it was a kind of a setup because we saw on Monday morning a lot of people take the seven and a half with Penn State. But you're right. It's been sitting seven since. I think seven's a really good number. If push came to shove, I would lean Penn State plus seven. But right now, with a windy forecast, I'm going to take under 50 and a half. What do you make of J.J. there over for Michigan? Because I feel like personally it's one of those where Penn State up front's pretty strong, and they're going to force J.J. McCarthy to be a passer, and I'm not sure if he can pass the test. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I'd lean with Penn State. You know, Besides, the, I also like the spot for Penn State off a of bye. It's kind of his first big test. As a young starting quarterback, I mean, look, Sean Clifford's not my favorite, but he's making his 39th career start. He's seen a lot in his career where McCarthy has been a little inconsistent in recent weeks. That was not a good look in the first half last week against Indiana. Alabama and Tennessee. Well, I mean, let the market, you know, there's some leading indicators. Uh, we've seen Tennessee money. Right off a very key number of seven, uh, they took all the seven and a halfs away here in the last 24 hours. With that being said, I'm not sure other than Bryce Young and Nick Saban and some of those other guys on that offensive staff, they're about the only ones that know for certain you know, the, the exact health status of Bryce Young. And I really can't get involved on the side until I know how healthy he is. If he doesn't go, we're, we're going to see a line of Alabama minus four. If he does go... It'll creep back up. I'm not saying it's going to go to 10 or anything like that, but I think it'll come off a of 7, obviously. Right now I'm going to take the under because I, I, I expect him to play but not be 100%. But I also expect Alabama's pass defense to give Tennessee uh, at least more pushback than Tennessee's gotten uh, all season long. So under 65 and a half. Oklahoma State TCU, we saw this open too. It's up to four in a few spots. At four, I'm going to take Oklahoma State. Why? Because that's what my power ratings say. I really want to fade both teams, though. I wasn't that impressed with TCU, even though they went on the road and beat Kansas last week. I expected them to win by double digits, and that was before the starting quarterback for Kansas went out in the game. On the other side, Oklahoma State's off back-to-back conference wins where they're significantly outgained. So it's two teams I'm going to keep an eye on to fade in the future, but as far as this specific matchup, 
I'll take more than a field goal now with Oklahoma State plus four. What do you make of Utah in the spot coming off the UCLA loss as a three-and-a-half-point favorite against USC? Well, I think a spot says Utah, and they're going to have to play their best game of the season and, and, and take advantage uh, of it. But I'll be honest with you, I've been super disappointed with Utah so far this season, and their two biggest games they've come up short against Florida. That, In my opinion, that game hasn't aged that well. And then last week we're really controlled against UCLA. So I'm not a big fan of this USC team. But right now at three and a half, I know a lot of people are loving Utah. I would lean USC plus three and a half. But what I prefer is the under. I'm surprised. Every week people are betting up USC totals. Have they been watching this team the last three weeks? Offense has kind of hit a grind. Uh, they've been stalled a little bit. Defensively, they've been much improved the last three weeks compared to what they were the first three games of the season. So under 65 for me. What did that game last week by UCLA against Utah do for you with uh, Oregon in the offing? I mean, that's going to be a huge game next week. Uh, I mean, obviously, I still think UCLA would be an underdog in that game. I mean, Chip Kelly's been in Oregon. I mean, he's obviously past coach there, but he's already, you know, there'll be some storylines there. I still would favor Oregon by about six. That would be my line on the game right now if you're asking me about it. And I think Oregon – Oregon might be the most complete team in the Pac-12. But kudos for West Coast football fans. I mean, the Pac-12 finally, for the first time in five or six years, is a legitimate conference this year with, with multiple teams that are top 25 caliber. Is uh, Florida State, we're talking to Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter, bradpowersports.com, is Florida State finally legit to the point where they can beat Clemson? Come on, they're at home. Get this done here against a Clemson team that's not great. Oh, well, I mean, it's kind of a fishy line. I mean, Joe, you know, Barney at the bar is going to want to bet Clemson because they're going to see such a short number. You know, your sharp is going to want to take Florida State. I'll say the line, my power rings are three and a half. But that's, you know, from what both teams have done up until this point. But my concern for Florida State is they're starting running back, leading rushers out. They're banged up on both the offense and defensive lines. They're playing – uh, another you know key game. I mean, they, they've gotten done playing NC State and Wake Forest each uh, of the last two weeks, and they've lost both. I get it that, that people are thinking they're going to bounce back, but I think Clemson on the other side is getting healthier, specifically on the defense side of the ball. They get for Z back on the defensive line. Keep in mind the Wake Forest game, they were missing three guys in, in their secondary. So I think current form, I'm going to lay the three and a half with Clemson. Brad, I am a Quinn Ewers believer. What do you make of this line move? 13 up to 16.5. Totals had a big drop, though. 55.5 the open, down to 48.5. Uh, I'm a big believer in Texas. Uh, you know, I got them up to number six in my power ratings, but I'm not a big believer in this game uh, as far as I'm covering a huge point spread here. I, I took the points with Iowa State. I think it's a sleepy start time, an 11 a.m. local start time for them. They're off the 49 nothing win against Oklahoma. They got a big game against Oklahoma State on deck. They're facing an Iowa State team that, you know, doesn't give up points to begin with. We're talking less than three touchdowns per game is what Iowa State allows defensively. Iowa State's won three straight in the series. They don't win. They don't come close to winning. But I'll tell you one thing, I'll be a very happy camper if Iowa State loses this game by less than 16 points. There you go. Am I crazy for wanting to take Kansas plus nine against Oklahoma? Is Oklahoma a wounded animal right now? Uh... 
Yeah, because, I mean, the point spread's telling you Dylan Gabriel's going to play for Oklahoma, and I think he's worth at least a, you know six points in the point spread if you watched Oklahoma's backups the last six quarters. So I think he plays. Jalen Daniels won't play for Kansas, although I don't think it's that big of a drop-off with Jason Bean, who started a lot of uh, games for Kansas last year. I'm not involved uh, as far as this side. I think nine's very fair. I did bet under 65. Let's go uh, deep divey on the Mountain West Conference. We'll go through uh, all the games here. Uh, first of all, Nevada f- six and a half against Hawaii. I bet Nevada early in the week minus four. Uh, I mean, I hate laying points on the road with a really bad team, but Hawaii's got awful. Uh, although they almost beat San Diego State. I mean, almost every team in the, the Mountain West has got awful. I could say right. I feel like it. Uh, so, for me, just a lean at six and a half. Anything under seven is a lean on Nevada. How about having to lay 11 and a half Utah State at Colorado State? Yeah, I can't do it. It's too expensive. Although, I mean, watching the Utah State-BYU game a couple <laughs> weeks ago, it did finally look like the light bulb came on if you're watching that game for Utah State. They followed up. Big upset over Air Force. I get why there's money on them. But with a low total, I can't lay 11 points, even though Colorado State's pitiful. What I did bet, and it's one of the biggest line movers of the week, I took under 54 on Sunday, 45 and a half. I hope to cash that ticket, but we'll see. It's been a tough foe here lately. I still don't understand why Blake Anderson was so stubborn in sticking with Logan Bonner. I don't, I don't get it. He should have switched to Cooper Lega earlier. All right. San Jose is good. We just watched them up close. Are they good enough to be going on the road laying seven and a half at Fresno? Well, it's up to eight and a half at a lot of spots. I mean, I bet it on the open just because, I mean, San Jose State's taking more money than any team in the country the last month. And each of the last three weeks, everybody that's bet San Jose State's been a very happy camper. I laid four. It's eight and a half. I'm not laying eight and a half, though. Even with Fresno State really banged up, Jake Hayner's going to miss yet again. They are 0-5 against the spread. Fresno State failing to cover by 14.5 points per game. I guess if you gave me 20 bucks and said, well, you got to bet this game on the side, I'd let, still lay it with San Jose State. A little pizza money, a little pizza money. Brad Powers, bradpowersports.com, <laughs> at bradpowers7 up on Twitter. All right, are you going to be in attendance? You're a season ticket holder at Allegiant. For UNLV games, UNLV is getting 10 against Air Force. QB situation up in the air for the Rebels. Yeah, so you know, shame on me for not you know diving deep into that. I thought there'd be a chance Brumfield to play, so I took 10 on the open. I played back Air Force once. I didn't, you know, Brumfield wasn't on the depth chart at least early in the week. So uh, I'm kind of I'm going to eat some yeah. juice there. I think you know if he doesn't play. It seems actually a little light. I think Air Force bounces back after an upset loss. And keep in mind, look what Air Force did to UNLV a year ago. Oh, my goodness, that was a, you know, a really bad look for that UNLV defense. So lean right now, Air Force. Last one, about 30 seconds. Is Notre Dame ready to go on a run here? They're laying 17 against Stanford. Yeah, I mean, they're ready to go on a run as far as winning games, but, I mean, 17 is a lot. Uh, I would actually lean Stanford there. What I prefer in the game is the over I think Stanford can have success against a Notre Dame pass defense that every single game has a couple of breakdowns that lead to touchdowns. But also, Notre Dame's inefficiencies in the red zone, I think, is creating some value here. They should have scored a lot more points against North Carolina and BYU last week. Brad, you're the man. 
Keep tweeting out funny stuff. Keep picking winners. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Take care, guys. There he is, Brad Powers. At Brad Powers 7, up on Twitter. College football experts. We did not get his leaner like for Thursday Night Football. We ran short on time. You are, and you have bet the Commanders, right? Oh, yeah. Let's go Washington football team. Should be a good game. Get down here to Silver 7, 77-cent beers. It's a good time in Flamingo and Paradise. For our audience on ESPN Reno, you can check out the archives of the show at lvsportsnetwork.com. All three hours are available up there. We'll see you. Thanks to Silver 7s for housing the show today.